Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of iZombie Radio, uh, your source for everything iZombie here on the DC TV Podcast Network. Uh, you guys are joining us for what will probably most likely be our longest episode ever, or definitely in the range of that. Uh, we're calling it the, the mega episode or the super mega episode. Is that right, Sean? Uh, <laughs> Whichever one I decide to end up using. Yep. Who knows? One of the two. Uh, well, some people will hate me for using super mega, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get into it, let me introduce the uh, the other fellows joining me here. Obviously, that is... Mr. Sean Carpenter. Sean, how are you doing, my friend? I'm exhausted. I don't know why, but I'm exhausted. All right. Uh, but any... good otherwise. There we go. Good good and exhausted is always a good thing. Um, I'll take that. It means you're... <laughs> you know, it means life's going well, you know? It means yeah. You're, you're living Just don't life. have much time. Just don't have much time for anything at the moment. Like, this is... This, I had dedicated chunk of time to, like, I made sure well in advance that I had work off, and, like, I made sure I wasn't available on Tuesdays, but everything else has sort of fallen by the wayside, which isn't good. I haven't written an article in a while, and I miss that, but I don't have time to do that, <laughs> because well, school hates me. I had to write, like, two papers with one more to write after this. I... Script yeah. coverage. Woohoo! Oh, man. <laughs> I've been there before with the, the the countless papers in one night, so I feel you, man. But we're glad to have you on here, and hopefully, you know, this gives you a nice little break from everything else going on. Um, it's but... open. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also have Blaze Hopkins. Blaze, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing pretty well, actually. I mean, I'm definitely in the same boat as Sean when it comes to uh, work. I miss writing articles. I haven't been able to do that. Um, but... And like I told, I told you guys before we started officially, um, you know, it's probably been the craziest week of my life. I officially, the restaurant that I've helped start, um, is officially opened, and Woo! yeah, and the so far the first uh, our soft opening days went really well, and uh, our two first nights open to the public have been awesome so far. Um, it's been crazy, but I'm actually. This is probably the earliest night I've had, so I'm actually pretty energetic and like ready to just do this. It's you know similarly to Sean again. I I love doing this, and uh, it's the one thing I wanted to make sure I carve time out for and uh, could at least knock out with you guys. Awesome, and uh, congr- I think I can say for everybody, congrats on the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um. Yeah, and unlike these guys, uh, this is probably my easiest week of the year so far. So <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, Whoop de do. I watched I watch the TV tonight. I watched The Flash. I watched This Is Us. I watched the first half of the American season premiere before we hopped on here. Ooh. So, yeah, so I'm doing great. I'm going to watch some more TV after this, probably. How and, was it? Uh, uh, which, uh, every, are you asking about all of it or Americans? Uh, the Americans. So, uh, really, really good so far. Okay, Very nice. interesting. Yeah, without without giving anything uh, anything away. But uh, but yeah. So no. Uh, yeah, life's life's good with me. But I'm glad to hear you guys are you know doing well and keeping busy. Um, but yeah. So guys, like I said, this is gonna be probably one of our longest episodes. Um, and that is unfortunately because due to nobody's like nobody's fault, crap mm. just kind of happens. 
It's not your fault, so shut up, please. Um, uh, <laughs> crap, crap just happens sometimes. And uh, we had uh, ended up having a technical issue last week where we recorded the episode and it kind of just disappeared into the ether. Uh, and Literally. Like, we yeah. have no idea where it went. Yeah, so... I'm going to blame Vaughn for this. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he's dead, I'm still blaming him for this. I was gonna, I was gonna blame, blame, uh, blame, blame. That is a lift. Try saying that five times fast. Yeah, uh, but you know, given his certain his recent circumstances <laughs> within the TV show, I don't think he knows much of anything of <laughs> anything. Well, fair, fair enough. Although I don't know, after watching these these past couple episodes, he's like his villainousness uh, <laughs> has been very much reignited, reignited in my head. But uh, but yeah, no, so. We had, you know, we had a lot of fun last week talking about uh, episode ten, which is Method Head, and episode eleven, which is the uh, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey matter. We had some fun conversations. We talked about. It. Unfortunately, it's not here, but you know what? We are dedicated to this rewatch with you guys. And so this week, in addition to the news, which we'll get into in just a minute, we're going to be talking about four episodes. The four episode extravaganza. So in addition to Method Head and Fifty Shades of Grey matter. We're also going to get into um, episode 12, which is Physician, uh, Heal Thy Selfie, and episode 13, which is uh, the Whopper. Uh, and uh, both, all of these episodes are very fun and very different in their own ways. Um, so I'm really, I'm really excited to uh, you know to dive into talking about them. Even the ones we did talk about last week, there's there's still stuff that we maybe you know we didn't touch upon. I know. That I, I definitely am excited to uh, to discuss. But before we get into any of that, guys, we actually have some a good chunk of news to talk about. What? It's exci- <laughs> I I know, right? Uh, and it's exciting season three related news. Um, so let's dive into Say it. what? <laughs> I know, right? Well, today officially we're recording this on uh, March seventh. We are officially four weeks away from season three. So say uh, what? which is which is very cool um and since we're so we're getting so close um over the past two weeks uh so last week uh near the end of last week i I don't remember the exact day and then um then uh today we got a we got a new poster last week our first really official season three poster which is the is uh if you guys haven't seen it yet um it's the one with live in the red background you know Essentially, I'm calling her Comrade Liv. And, uh, not a bad, not a bad choice. Exactly, and it's it's really nicely done. She's got a little bit of blood on her lip, and it says "Zombies Unite" on top, uh, which is uh it's an interesting uh interesting tagline for the season, which I'm sure we'll get into. And then we also today we got our first five ep- uh, five episodes. Jesus. This is how you know it's late at night. Uh, you got your first. We got our first five photos from season three, episode one, which is titled. I don't know if we. I don't think we knew this before. It's titled "Heaven Just Got a Little Bit Smoother." Um, so these photos, they're cool. They don't really reveal anything. It's a lot of people standing around and a lot of people sitting. Um, <laughs> but uh, it does show us that. Um, you know, Major, Liv, and Clive are going to have some scenes together, and uh, it also shows us that, you know, just Liv and Ravi back in the morgue doing their thing. 
So despite how much of a game changer the season two finale was, this kind of serves as a nice, you know, a nice, uh, a nice sort of reminder and a nice sort of indication that, you know what, you know, things are going to change on the show, but the basic DNA of the show, you know, the, the kind of fun procedural parts of it that we, that we all like, um, are going to stay the same. So I want to toss it, uh, first to, uh, to you, Sean, what do you think about, you know, both the poster and the uh, and the photos and, and the title for episode one as well. I think the Comrade Live poster is just about the funniest piece of promotion I've seen for any TV shows for in recent memory. Mm-hmm. Because that's sort of what Fillmore Graves' goal is this season. To create a zombie empire, essentially. Right? Sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's... As every, I'm remembering things right. Uh, from how season two ended and from every indication we got when we talked to people at Comic-Con or other interviews that have been given, I would say that's that's correct. And so that, that little bit is just kind of hilarious, especially with the hat. Um, I mean, this is prob- that's probably the palest we'll ever see Liv, even though she's already <laughs> that... Hail. She's uh, she's truly translucent in this poster. She is <laughs> seriously. She is, she is straight up Casper. Oh yeah, seriously. <laughs> and then with the set photos, it's good to see that they're going to keep the status quo, even though pretty much the main cast knows about zombies. Even even Blaine, who's brained like nearly like he's a completely different person by the time we get to this point in season three, like. It's like a new brain. Or, well, yeah, it's a new brain. Hmm. Combining brain and blain still gets me brain, <laughs> so I couldn't think of anything clever. Uh, so, even though the status quo, like, they're keeping it the same, so they just go through the case like ordinary, you know, ordinary life, and. Clive is still going to be dumbfound whenever Liv's personality changes for a couple days. Because he's still not sure what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah. Though I did notice with two of the pictures that the lighting was kind of strange. Like, the lighting of the room made it seem a little darker. Let me pull up the photos again. I, you're, you're like right now, you're going right in line with what I was going to, with what, how I feel about these photos. Yeah. Go ahead, Blaze. What are you thinking? So I was going to say, I think that one, I think the poster and these pictures are actually a lot more interesting than they seem because Mm -hmm. one, the poster is very interesting because when, what we've talked about in the past is like, I feel like this is going to be a big season for Liv. And her decisions, and I think it's very interesting that they chose to, um, you know, do the poster mimic um, and tag it Zombies Unite because that's sort of, uh, obviously doesn't confirm, but it does lead me to believe that we might be on the right track in um, how much, I guess, uncertainty Liv is going to face this season when she does discover and um and sort of become a larger part in this zombie uh underground the zombie universe 
Mm-hmm. Um, I like. I mean, I don't want to read into it too much, obviously, but obviously, like TV shows and and everything are pretty calculated, you know. And while I part of me is like, oh, maybe it's going to be, it's they're going to play into it with the brain or with a brain, possibly, and give her a fun personality like that. You want to say something, Chris? No, I, I just no, no, no. Go ahead. I, I can. I'll add when you're done. <laughs> and then with the photos, um, one, in the first photo of Liv and Ravi in the morgue, mm-hmm. there's a third person's hands in there. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious who that is. Because, mm-hmm. right, we weren't left with anything in season two or, like, to suggest that somebody was going to be joining them. And what's more interesting is it almost looks like a superior because Liv is taking pictures, Ravi is taking notes, and somebody else actually has their hands on the body. Yep. So I, I'm curious if, if they yeah. if they're gonna throw in the twist where the morgue gets a new person, a new employee, and then the two of them will have to somehow almost like for those who have been watching The Flash. Almost how Barry has had to deal had to deal with uh, Julian at first. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that's interesting. And then also in I'm the definitely thinking it's a new person. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. That's what I think too. Like not a superior, but like a new new person. No. Yeah. Well, like... uh, well I don't know. I I mean, even if you look at Ravi's face in the second yes. photo, he he looks pissed. Yes, that's what I'm saying. He and then in the second photo, he looks like. Yeah, he looks so just like, well, no, this is not how I do things, or like, he looks uncomfortable. Quite and, uncomfortable. And, yeah. Please, no, go ahead. No, the thing about Robbie's face, too, makes me think of Major's face in the next photo. Well, yeah, dude, and that's what I'm saying. And then if you look at the other three photos, one... They all look in the photo of them sitting on the couch. They look concerned. Almost, Liv looks almost as if she found out some. Her and Major look like they found out somebody like is close to dying. And Clive almost looks like he's trying to keep, you know, deal with holding his emotions in. And yeah. and, and and then yeah, Major's confused look in the, in the singular photo of him, as in like, I'm looking. Hey, I, I don't trust this guy. Like, what you know? What is this person I, saying to me? And, I'm. Go ahead. No, sorry. and then uh, the third complimenting photo of the three of them together standing again, Liv and, Ma- Liv and um, Clive look like what is going on right now, and Major looks like again something shady is going down. I I wonder too though, since Major is now a zombie, if the brain he's on is causing them to have these reactions. Very because, true. Because because Major might not have as big as have as good of a grasp on things as Liv has had because obviously she's had the time and experience to kind of fight against certain brains and things so maybe major on conspiracy theorist brain questioning everything trusting nobody tinfoil hat he does look quite he does look quite inquisitive right um and all and in these photos uh but yeah, I um, no, I I agree, um, I agree with what you're saying that it's initially, you know, I was kind of joking before when I was like, and it's a lot of people sitting and standing, but like, there is like these little details. Like, I'm glad you brought up 
the other person in the morgue because that's something that, you know, if that becomes like a main stay thing, you know, if that is like a big deal, you know, um, then that's something we we had no idea about mm-hmm. before, you know, that's like, and I'm even wondering possibly, and again, this is me just kind of rambling here. I have no evidence to support this. What if it's someone who works for Fillmore Graves? Yeah, that, that was what I was thinking too. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's another zombie or even if they just have someone like on their payroll mm-hmm. or something. Um, and and maybe that's why Robbie's a little more suspicious of them. And, and Liv, I mean, Liv doesn't look like exactly happy that they're there. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, really, who knows? And but, I, mean, uh, I think that's also like why, sorry, I went, um, but I think that's also what's what'll be interesting in, in this uh, season is you know, obviously from Liv, Major, and Robbie's in, like, they've been trying to find a cure. So what yeah. if Fillmore Graves comes in, and they don't want that, and they want to keep an eye on these people? Well, I'm, I'm very interested to see, you know, we we saw Vaughn, obviously, but I feel like we, are, we have just been watching throughout the seasons, like, the escalation of, like, power and the hierarchy, and just, like, when we think we've sort of seen the top. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's something more. There's somebody who is more powerful can pull more strings. And you know we saw Vaughn and Stacy Boss were really awesome with that. Mm-hmm. And you know what if Fillmore Graves is a combination of the two? For sure. And you bring up the cure too. And I wonder even if it's somehow like a trade off. Yeah. Like like even like we'll help you. Like we have all this knowledge about zombies and zombie anatomy, and like. You know, and or even maybe they're going to go all X-Men on us. You know, I mean, obviously, <laughs> The Last Stand isn't the uh, the greatest movie in the world. But that that but that it bring, that movie did bring up an interesting um, an interesting conflict, which is if you could be cured of your, you know, of your of your kind of uh, your mutant traits, like, would you? And the same thing here. It's like, yeah, I don't know. It's like, you know, because would they be afraid of certain zombies defecting or like do all the zombies that work for them truly see zombies as like the next evolution of humankind. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really interesting. Uh, Sean, do you have any kind of thoughts on, or any kind of speculation on like what the, you know, on what the, these like kind of facial expressions or other details can mean? Well, let me pull up the picture so I can look at them again. The solo major one looks like he's a, like thinking of like a witty comeback or something, like in traditional major style. Like, hold on, give me a second. I'm thinking of a comeback for what you just said to me. And the one where they're all sitting on the couch definitely looks like there's some bad news broken that pretty much affects live and major, but not so much. Clive in a sense mm-hmm. Clive's like his face kind of gives me the impression of huh that's pretty unfortunate but doesn't affect me whatsoever and then the morgue scenes we, you guys pretty much touched it uh, even Liv's face is like why are you here also it kind of looks like Liv's wig got a little bit of a trim in the in this picture it looks like two different lengths actually hmm. when i'm looking at it from the from
from that... the morgue picture and inside like the office. Uh, that might be the case because I think I actually might remember Rose having said something about a new wig or like tweeting about it or something. Yeah, the wigs don't look all that similar. It might also Though, just be the camera it might just angle. might just be the angling too. Might just be me being yeah, but the wig definitely looks different from what we've seen. And then the one where they're standing Major once again has that hold on, let me figure out an emotional response to this while uh, Clive and Liv are just like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's also interesting, too, because they, they look like they're in like some type of office building, and it, it almost reminds me a little of the Max Rager office building, but... Um, I have a feeling it might be the Fillmore Graves' office. That's a better mm-hmm. idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm... I'm going based off of the color, the colors and sort of the lighting scheme, because it is a lot more muted than, say, the morgue is. Uh, yeah, no, and even now looking at the the wide shot of the three of them standing, even if you look at the back, yeah, in the background here, it's all like grays. Even like it looks like the vase that these flowers are in are gray, mm-hmm. and that would make sense that they're kind of talking to the head of Fillmore Graves, whose name is escaping me now. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's very, it's very true. That's a it's good point. probably also a really cloudy, gloomy day in Vancouver when they were filming this scene. Cause we look <laughs> out the window, it is gray. Yep. That's why it's good that it takes place in Seattle. Um, <laughs> true. Um, and yeah, then I don't know about the title. It's an interesting title. Uh, it's again, one of those kind of like iZombie kind of fun play on words titles. Don't really know what the heaven is referring to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really interested to see like how that kind of factors into whatever brain. I, I think it's a song title, I want to say. Yeah, but even like different, like just going off of different brains and things that they've done, like even something like... Uh, Oh, God, why can't I think of things? I can't think of a name of something right now. But, like, they've done other kind of, like, uh, even something like we had, like, the uh, the Hurt Stalker and things like that, where it's always, like, a movie or song name or something. But um, And that's where I think the smoother line would come in. But I, I do wonder what the significance of Heaven is, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, what in what way does it relate to it? But, uh, yeah, it's... I don't know. It's just it, it gets me just excited because we know that we're again we're four weeks out. We're getting closer, and hopefully, photos being released is an indication that we're going to get a trailer. Um, and we better. Yeah, and and I'll just add too. I I love the tagline for the season, "The Zombies Unite," and I love the fact that the poster kind of puts Liv in this context um, because you know as we've talked about all throughout you know, our season three speculation and thing season's really going to be about her kind of deciding where her allegiances lie. And, uh, I, I just think it's a really fun, you know, type of, uh, type of marketing and also having, again, going off of having just watched some of the Americans, it's very, very much makes me think of, uh, of Russia and just all that stuff anyway. But, 
Uh, I could go down a rabbit hole about the Americans because I absolutely love that <laughs> show. And I'm going to stick to it. Uh, did we also do we also know episode two's name by any chance? Because I'm seeing stuff for it. Uh, potentially. Because we... I'm seeing something saying that it's Zombie Knows Best. That for, might be... For episode two. That might be the case. I... I ne- I wait until the CW like sends out uh, kind of like a press notification about that, just because, um, you know sometimes they film them out of uh, what's called the production orders, not necessarily the episode order. Yeah. So you know it could, it could be that, or that they could have just filmed, uh, Zombie Knows Best second, but like it might not air till episode five or something, you know. Right. I'm. I'm gonna check and see, though, yeah. just to be on the safe side. Up uh, now, yeah, I'm I'm on the CW's press site right now, and the only thing they have for season three okay. is, heaven, is heaven just got a little bit smoother. That's the only okay. Because so, this one's just from like a live after show, live podcast show or whatever. So not I sure agree. how. No, yeah, and it, it, yeah, it could be, it could be reliable, and it could be very true. Um, but just, it's not at least official on the CW site yet. Okay. Um, but yeah, hopefully they keep it coming with the awesome episode title names because that's one of my favorite parts about the show too. Um, so uh, yeah, guys, so that's our main news. We but we do have uh, two other little things we want to get to that. Uh, revolve around uh mr uh rahul uh Kohli, uh who plays ravi and um one one thing is especially cool which is that rahul is going to be playing um a he's going to be guest starring as a villain in a uh, upcoming episode of supergirl um so if you follow him on twitter or on instagram you know he's kind of been teasing that he was back in vancouver for something but couldn't say what and then it was revealed uh, back last week, actually like last Wednesday on March 1st, uh, that he's going to be uh, playing the character of uh, excuse me, Jack Sphere, a charismatic tech genius who has spent decades working on a medical innovation that will eradicate major illnesses and change the face of the world, if it works. Um, and that description comes from uh, EW.com. In addition to that, it says that Jack comes to National City to demonstrate his technology to members of the press, including Cara uh, Danvers, uh, played by Melissa Benoist, and Snapper Cars, played by Ian Gomez. His arrival stirs up front-page news as well as feelings in his old flame, Lana Luther. Um, and then in the comics, uh, he's eventually becomes mutated into the villain known as Biomax, uh, who had the power of mind control. But we're, it's not clear yet whether um, he's going to be that villain or if this is just going to be maybe like a first appearance and then he could potentially come back as the actual villain Biomax. And then uh, it's going to be episode 18 of the season of Supergirl. And um, it's titled Ace Reporter is the episode title. So uh, we are a DC, we are on the DC TV podcast network, and a lot of us do watch all the other uh, DCCW shows. Um, so I know I've loved like 
a lot about this season of Supergirl. It's been my second favorite um, of the of the Berlanti uh, DC sh- shows. I think it's having a great second season, and Rahul kind of joining it just even for an episode, uh, and him getting to interact with uh, with Kara and with uh, Lana Luther. It's going to be um, a lot of fun, and I'm really excited for this. Uh, Blaze, what did you think about it when you heard the news? I think it's fun and exciting. Like you said, I think Supergirl has been pretty incredible um, so far this season. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he's the type of guy that will be like really fun to have on it, obviously. Um, it'll be fun to watch him play some sort of villain, especially because you know his character seems like... Uh, the character description seems like the type of guy that... It seems like the perfect villain role for Rahul to, to take over, and I like that. You know, it possibly implies he he could be a recurring villain if they wanted him to. Um, mm-hmm. Glad to see him get other work. Glad to see you know that the network uh, recognizes his talent and his dedication and everything. So, I mean, I love it. Definitely, this is a big deal for him. He's been mm-hmm. having a really like a really great month with DC All Access. We found out he's going to be in that movie for Netflix, and now this guest spot on Supergirl. So he's really like expanding his career. And uh, real quick, Sean, I want to get your thoughts on the guest casting as well. But here's uh, just a quote from uh, Rahul about um, his uh, guest spot. He says, I'm so excited to be working on Supergirl, starring as Jack Sphere. It's given me the chance to continue my relationship with the CW, as well as fulfill my goal of meeting a, uh, of meeting a Kryptonian. Uh, <laughs> so that, that, nerd. I was gonna say Rahul's nerdiness comes out even in the quote there. So, but uh, but Sean, what do you think about this news about the character that Rahul's playing and just the fact that you know that he's getting to be on another DC show? Well, I'm just really glad that he, at least in terms of the DC CW shows, is the first of the main iZombie actors to be on one of those shows. Yes, Robert Buckley was on that episode of Powerless, but that's on NBC. That's outside of the CW sphere of influence. So it sort of lends credence to they all work in really, really close proximity to each other. Like, back... This is a weird side tangent, but back when Supergirl was filming in L.A. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> squeaky bed. Um, when Supergirl was filming in L.A., there were tons of photos of just Supergirl hanging out with the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just because they would often run into each other on sets. Mm-hmm. So we get to see that even with shows that aren't even connected in the same universe on the CW with iZombie sort of being in its own little bubble universe while all the DCCW shows are in their own sort of ridiculously complicated and convoluted multiverse that I'm still trying to make sense of to this day. Ugh, brain hurt. And there goes some of my brain leaking out of my ear. Uh, but yeah. Character definitely seems like a character Rahul would be willing to play even though it is sort of a typecasty role because he is the nerdy he's a nerd in all aspects of his life as cool as he is as a human being he is at his core 
a nerd. For sure. No, for sure. And, um, yeah, and I think it's just, it's cool, like you said, like, so many of the of the CW shows film up in Vancouver, you know, all the DC shows do, um, Superna- iZombie, you know, iZombie does, Supernatural does, um, and so to see them all, and uh, even something like Once Once Upon a Time does too, which is why, why Rose is able to guest star for the season of that. So it's cool that these locations have allowed, you know, the show's actors to uh, to get the opportunity to, to do something a little different, you know, once they've filmed um, all the all the episodes for uh, for season three. And uh, yeah, I'm just I'm really excited for him, and I'm excited to see him be on another show that I love. And I I do agree. It is kind of funny when I was even reading the description, especially like it's focusing on a medical invention that will eradicate a major illness. And I'm like, mm-hmm. ah, <laughs> interesting. Um, that doesn't bear any similarities to uh, to Ravi at all. But uh, but no, but yeah. And I think uh, it's gonna be fun seeing him to uh, kind of do like the the romance with uh, with Katie McGrath who plays Lena Luther, uh, because we've seen him and and Ali Mashaka's chemistry. But kind of see Rahul do that do that on a different show with a different actress will be fun you know kind of getting to see his range too as a villain um will be really cool and uh and then uh another little bit uh it's not so much news but a nice little thing to mention about Rahul as well uh he tweeted out a couple days ago um so if you don't follow him on twitter i think he might have posted on his instagram as well but be sure to check it out he uh a really nice note to the iZombie fandom um, just kind of thanking everybody uh, for supporting the, you know, the cast and the crew uh, throughout, you know, the years they've been on the air, and especially throughout this long break between season uh, season two and season three, because it's it's literally it's literally been almost a year now, and uh, and yeah, I think it's just something really nice to read. I mean, I would read it on here, but I think it's. I think it's best if you take the time, you know, go find it, read it yourself. It's just a really lovely note, uh, which I think every you you both of you guys got the chance to read it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely I think just like a really, kind of like a really nice, um, nice and thoughtful thing that he was able to do. He even mentions you know everything from tweets to photoshops to cosplays and fan art. He really just kind of makes sure to, to kind of, touch all. All bits of fandom, which I thought was really cool, um, and really just nice. It just shows again why we, you know, we love the show because the show's good and the characters are great. But it's nice too when the actors themselves kind of show who they are as people and show how much they appreciate, uh, how much the fans care. Yeah, uh, Rahul actually just got a custom Ravi uh, pop vinyl fairly recently too, so like. People making these custom pop vinyls are amazing. Yeah. Hello? They're, oh, okay. Yeah, they're 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 pretty great. Um, and it's I know I've seen other uh, other people on uh, on the different uh, from different CW shows and other shows who don't have their own pops get the get the ones created for them and uh, yeah, it's really. It's really something special, and uh, you know. Again, oh I think my! All... There is a custom Constantine from the TV show. 
Uh, I need it. <laughs> um, believe me, I'm I I gotta stay away from buying too many Funko Pops. But uh... well, that's one I definitely need in the collection. Because <laughs> oh wow, there's a custom Blaine as well. We got custom Clive, Blaine, and Ravi. Very cool. all done by uh. Well, I'll just send you guys the links to them, to this person. Sounds good. Um, I will be, my wallet probably won't be thanking you, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, yeah, I think again, we speak, especially speaking as like, you know, the three of us have gotten the chance to meet Rahul in person too. I think we can all speak to how, you know, nice of a guy he is, how much thought he puts into the character and how much I think he just appreciates, uh, everyone who watches the show. So you know, if you uh, if you want to read something nice, guys, go check it out. Like I said, it's on his Twitter, and uh, you know, make sure you show uh, show him some love because uh, again, he's a he's a really 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 great actor, but a really good guy as well. Um, but yeah, uh, with that, uh, we're going to hop off and spend the rest of our nights buying these pops. Um, no, uh, with that, <laughs> I mean yes, but no. Um, but with that, guys, we're going to now hop in to the mega four-episode review and recap. Um, I'm taking. I'm going to take a sip of water real quick before we get into this. Uh, there we go. And uh, yeah, and we're going to kick things off here with um, episode ten, Method Head. Uh, now, just I'm forewarning you guys. I'm speaking on behalf of all three of us. We haven't watched this episode probably in, like, a little over a week, if not more. Uh, so not everything's going to be super clear in our minds, especially when we have three other episodes to talk about. So if we make any mistakes or forget things, just bear with us again. You know, we're we're not used to doing four episodes in one episode uh, of iZombie Radio. So, but yeah, uh, I guess just, um, Blaze, I'll start I, with you. Oh, I ahead. wish I had my notes. But I deleted them after we finished recording, not knowing that this glitch in the Matrix occurred. I can tell you that last week when we were doing this, and I'll let, actually I'll let Sean just just make sure that he gets this in here, that there were many a Power Rangers reference in this episode (laughs) that Sean Sean enjoyed. And there was a specific one that Rose made that I'll let you, uh, do you remember that one? Yeah, he doesn't have the range for blue. <laughs> Boom. And it's funny because the Blue Ranger from her season was a New Zealander. No, was he a New Zealander or an Aussie? I'm not sure. Either or, because there was a lot of Aussies and a lot of New Zealanders in that season who spoke with a Scottish accent. And it was like the, your traditional over-the-top, like, you knew for a fact he was forcing a Scottish accent, because it was like, "Oi, I'm Scottish," like <laughs> you can't, something. Like that. You can't take our freedom. Yeah, <laughs> Some, something along the lines of that. So that that made me laugh. Um, that line will always stay with me because <laughs> it's not that often where that happens. And with the movie being pretty much two weeks away, it. The reference was even, like, made even more sense and more fun for me. <sighs> for, for sure. Nah. Okay. Eagerly waiting. Eagerly waiting. 
<laughs> yeah. I, nah, uh, no, I'm, uh, I'm in agreement with you that it's like, especially with how close the Power Rangers is, it's a really fun reference. Um, and this episode has a lot of great meta references because, you know, just a brief recap about it, you know, it's takes place primarily on the set of, um, of Zombie High. An actor is shot with, uh, uh, with what they thought was a prop gun. He dies. Clive and uh, Clive and Liv kind of are forced to patch things up um, in order to investigate this together. And Liv eats the brain of the actor, and she does some really, really terrible, over the top, but hilarious acting. Um, <sighs> and it's it's uh... a lot of. It's a lot of fun to watch, uh, but yeah, Blaze. Uh, what like what, what kind of what were your thoughts on this episode overall? Uh, uh, I mean, like this. It's like you said. It's a really fun episode because you know, sort of like the meta ness to it and how much fun all I think all the actors got to have with it. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of jokes inserted, but I would say like when you get down to it, the main thing for me with this episode is the importance and. Um, I guess, like, the importance in between uh, Liv and Clive and their relationship and the mending of that. Um, 100%. Yeah, and just with, with everything that um, that sort of happens and is coming up in the future and everything, it, it, this is a very important episode for them. And I think, you know, this really communicates just, how, like, more so how much Clive cares about Liv and sort of how much he physically displays um that how much he appreciates their relationship and working with her but i mean for me like it's sorry um but yeah no it's it's a lot of fun and i think they both get to play around a lot with the episode um but yeah like when it comes down to it and sort of everything that uh is coming on i think it's a lot more important um, then it might give off on the surface. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, even as something as simple as, um, as the, uh, as the line, you know, see you tomorrow live, which he delivers to her at the end of the episode, it holds so much weight because now there's no question about it. Um, you know, that they're kind of back on their terms. And, uh, and I, I, I think I said this last week where, it might seem a little quick, you know, they're only really separated for about an episode, um, you know, from their partners. But in the iZombie time frame, it's like a couple months. And then also when you, when this episode aired uh, in real time back in, uh, in the beginning of uh, 2016, it was the first episode back uh, for the show from its winter break. So you had that, you know... If you were a fan of the show, you were kind of like left with that. Oh, Clive and Liv aren't like p- partners, and you had that feeling throughout the that whole kind of uh, wait. Um, so I, um, and I think definitely if we're going for the episode, that's definitely the thing I take away from it as well. Um, and then just a quick quick couple of notes here too that I would want to touch upon. Um, uh, well, for, first, first, it's just one funny line, which I know Sean brought up last week, but I, I have it here in my notes, uh, which is Ravi 
uh, who, who at first doesn't like Zombie High at all and then gets uh, into it and uh, he ends because he says it's just like addictive. Uh, but he says when he's <laughs> when he's talking a little bit first, he goes, this is what you get when a TV show worships at the altar of youth. Bimbos and himbos running around screaming in a school where apparently shop class isn't the only place to see something wooden and poorly constructed, uh, which is just a really, really funny line. Um, and then another another really great one is them discussing the uh, Jordan, the guy who dies, uh, his unusual piercing and and <laughs> and the fact that Robbie knows, oh, it's called a Prince Albert. I wonder how you get it through airport security. <laughs> Uh, so there's there's a lot of great like you know lines like that. There's the meta joke about you know a, a zombie being the lead uh, in his or her own show, and Clive says how dumb of a de- a dumb of an idea that is. Um, but but yeah, but I think the couple just a couple of key things I want to bring up um, are 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 one um, Blaine and Major find out that the cure isn't going to work fully in this episode. Um, we also have major bugging uh, Von Du Clark in this episode. Uh, and at least I believe that's this one. Yep. Yes. Uh, they have major bugging Von Du Clark in this episode, which obviously, you know, comes into play in this episode and possibly future ones. And then lastly, you have near the end of the episode, Clive and Basio figuring out that, you know, Blaine is their guy uh, from the Meat Cute uh, massacre. So I'll just open it up to either of you guys. Like, which of those kind of moments or storylines really kind of stood out the most? I think for me, um, I would say the Clive and Basio discovery. Mm-hmm. Because, again, I think that that, like, really sets off the whirlwind of chaos that... Um, that starts to come toward as the season pushes towards the final episodes. I agree. It, it gives the it gives the second half of the season a lot of moving forward. And and the other thing it does is it's it creates such a unique conflict because it almost uh, it really like kind of puts like a stake in between these characters that we the viewers see as a team, you know, and on the same side. And this is one of the things that, you know, it it impacts some some of these people and these, these characters as individuals. And I think it's interesting to see sort of how that gets handled and how it's developed and the impact it has um, on just that team feeling and dynamic going forward. Oh, for sure. I, I agree. I think... I mean, that's kind of what the episode, that's the kind of cliffhanger we're left off on. And it's, it's a, it's a really big one. And it really drives, drives a lot of the, of the story moving forward. Um, Sean, what about you? I think they all just sort of stuck with me because when, when I watched season four for the first time, it was in a huge binge because at that point, School was getting a little nonsensical for me. As it is currently getting nonsensical for me. Um, in very similar ways, believe it or not. Uh, so, 
I decided to put iZombie to the sidelines for, you know, more important things like school. And then once we sort of figured out that we were going to do this thing, I'm like, I'm just going to watch all the episodes all at the same time. So me seeing everything with no real breaks in between, this story sort the stories, the plot lines and everything sort of stuck out to me, which is strange because with most people binge, they kind of forget the B and C plots and just remember the overarching A plot of this, of the season. But I've also seen these episodes a handful of times, even with me last night rewatching all of the episodes that we're covering tonight. It's, (laughs) (laughs) man, it's been a crazy week. I got you. Um, (laughs) Well, with that, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely think that's, again, like Blaze kind of said and that uh, we kind of touched upon, that kind of signals a change in where the story's heading um, uh, with with Clive and Bazia discovering uh, Blaine. And it leads to a big moment in um, our next episode, which is uh, Fifty Shades of Grey Matter. That is uh, Season 2, Episode 11. Um, so this is remembered, obviously, because it's the Fifty Shades, you know, the Fifty Shades of Grey uh, brain. And it's, from, and it's yeah, uh, Sean, want to talk about coasters? Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that, that, happened, that happened last week. Uh, but, uh, but no, but yeah. no, it's, it, it's remembered for being a really funny episode and it really is. Um, but it also has a lot of darkness to it, especially in the end, um, which I, I kind of want to start with the end actually, which is the, that Peyton, you know, Peyton ends up sleeping with Blaine and then she finds out, not only from Clive and Bazio, like, what he could be, but then she finds out from Liv what he actually is, that he was a zombie, that he's the one who um, not only killed all those young kids, but killed Lowell, tried, uh, almost killed Major, and has done so many other terrible things. And it leads to that you know scene between uh, Liv and Peyton where she's crying into her shoulder uh, and it's really like dramatic stuff. So I don't know. I, as Sean, you know, with, especially cause you know, you have probably have this in the freshest, uh, the freshest kind of memory of this since you watched it last night again. What did you think of that storyline in particular? And then the episode as a whole as well. Uh, the, the storyline where she, where Peyton figures out that, um, Blaine is not all he's chalked up to be. Yeah, because I think that's a really big moment for her character and also, again, just for the season moving forward. Okay. Um, Definitely does help with setting up for the remainder of the season, but also sort of makes us feel like it makes us feel sorry for Peyton, but at the same time, kind of not because we as an audience know what Blaine has been capable of. But at the same time, know that she was that she's really naive when it came to that because he's at this point John Doe mm-hmm. to yeah whomever whomever it may concern. 
really. Um, so it really put it's really going to put a strain on Peyton because she's like, oh no, like oh, I, like I want to say what I want to say, but it's not expletives are not necessary for this. Oh shoot, he's actually probably on the list of the ten most horrible human beings in Seattle. <laughs> yeah. Like, right up there, right next to Vaughn, in terms of just awfulness at this point. Though where they rank on the full list, no one knows. I have yet to compile an actual list, because I don't want to. That's a, I was going to say, that's a whole other podcast debating <laughs> their evilness. Well, because it's him, Vaughn, and Mr. Boss. Those are the big three. Mm-hmm. But sure. depending on whose focus it is on that that episode, they shift around a bit. So. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> for sure. So instead of one big bad, we have three. Uh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, and it definitely definitely helps like change the setup for the following episode as well when Peyton and Liv sort of confront Blaine about it all. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Was that the following episode? I don't know. A lot of it's blurring together again. <laughs> no, you're right. It, it, it was. It was. But not to get ahead of myself. <laughs> yeah. No, um... No, I... I, I yeah, it, it, it leads to that, that moment in the next episode. But it also, in this episode, leads then to, you know, Peyton delivers that line about you know, you sleep with someone and you think you know them, but like essentially that you really don't. And then what's revealed too that Liv's ended up sleeping with Drake, and um, it's uh, again that's another thing where that's a storyline that will continue on throughout the season. You know that Liv Drake relationship, and it really kind of gets you know started in this episode because she's so you know flirty and lustful and hitting on literally everything and everyone from Ravi to Clive who fills out those shirts <laughs> uh, to uh, to Major even because she has the wrestling comment to uh, to uh, Ravi and Major um, so there's like there's all those fun moments and that's what I think I like I especially watching this episode again really respect about it is it, it it's that perfect balance of what iZombie does which is the comedy but then that, that really like hard like kind of gut punching drama um so uh blaze just kind of your overall thoughts on the on the episode and any kind of major storylines from it well i definitely want to touch on like the Peyton and Blaine thing too because okay, yeah go ahead. because i think i think that the, like looking back now i think this is like a really great an important um, like lesson for Peyton to learn, um, because yeah, like you know, sort of like you said, Sean. Like even though it's tough, because as a viewer, you know, you you hate it because you you, you wish that her character had as much knowledge as we do. Um, but I think I think it's sort of as Peyton gets more roped into this this new world and this kind of 
ever-changing society. She's going to have to learn, like, she, she has to be careful about who she can really trust. Um, and I really also love, uh, like, Chris, you had mentioned you love the line, you know, that Peyton says when you think you know somebody. Um, but I also love that how Clive drops to her, like, when, you know, when they, um, when she's, when uh, Peyton's basically trying to um, get Blaine off from Clive and Basio, Clive basically like is like, hey, you know, this is on you, and anything that comes next is on you. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, I think that is a very important step for her to take, and I and I really enjoy that they round it out with. Um, with Liv, you know, comforting her and letting her know, like, you, you couldn't have known, like, it's okay. Because, you know, I think, because as, like, these characters, as, like, the non-zombie characters get, you know, find out more and more, and are, that more and more is revealed to them that, you know, it, yeah, it's interesting, I think, that, you know, Peyton will just, this was, it was a mistake, you know, it was understandable because of her lack of knowledge, but um, no, I think it's a good lesson for her and an important step for her character to take. Um. For for sure, and like in the moment too, when they're discussing it again with the knowledge Peyton has, like she's not in the wrong because in her mind, yeah, Blaine might be a bad guy, but he's helping her take down the worst guy, which is Stacy mm-hmm. Falls. Yeah, you know, and. That's what I kind of like is it's this this interesting kind of complex dilemma between her and um, and Clive and Basio. And I also just like that she gets to share the screen finally with Clive and Basio because especially Clive because Peyton and him are two characters that have been around now for two seasons mm-hmm. and they're and that are kind of mainstays in Liv's life and they've never really had too many scenes together. And they sort of work on the same side of things, too. Mm-hmm. You would have thought they would have met at some point yeah. in time. Exactly, exactly. Um, but, yeah, and uh, and so, yeah, there's... Uh, and I think... It, little... Sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, I think okay. also, like, going off of that and everything, and what you guys are just kind of discussing a little bit, yeah, I think also it's, it's interesting, and, you know, it'll be more interesting, I think, as Clive and Peyton... Uh, assuming you know they they will interact more in the next season, um, I think it'll be interesting to see sort of what Clive's like full opinion on Peyton is, kind of, and how he whether he judges her or sort of how he views her after because this again this is one of the only you know this is one of his first impressions of her. So. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, but since this is the Fifty Shades episode, we gotta, we gotta, you know, talk about some of the lines that are, are delivered. Uh, (laughs) Oh man, the cheese on this episode. So many quesadillas (laughs) could be made with how many, how much cheese was in this episode. Um, we, I mean, we got Liv saying he's got a scar on his face that speaks of sin. Uh... (laughs) We have we have my personal favorite, which is Kristen Bell, who does you know she does the yes. voice cameo, and it, when she's like, "I'm going to show you why they call it a cockpit," because <laughs> for the for the audio book of the uptight position, great title. Oh, yes. 
Um, <laughs> and uh, oh, and then there's even a funny Ravi one where like after Liv smacks him uh, on the butt and is trying to flirt with him, and he just goes, "Go forth, direct your lust elsewhere." And like, <laughs> it's just uh, it's a lot of uh, a lot of really a lot of really good stuff. And one one last thing I do want to bring up because I know we touched upon it last week. So I want to talk about it one last time here, uh, which is that we say goodbye to Minor in this episode. Yeah, which is, really sad. Yeah, man, it it just uh, we yeah it just never gets easier watching that scene. But I I and well I, yeah because I I look over at my dog who's staring right at me right now and I'm like I can't mm. say goodbye to you. Yeah, like, I, even though it wasn't technically their dog, it's. Still, they developed an emotional attachment to it and everything. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just I I love how much emotion they got out of that relationship, you know, with uh, with Major and and Minor. It's just a it, it was just such a nice little ad, added kind of extra layer to the Chaos Killer storyline that I think really paid off in a big way. Um, with with their kind of goodbye in this episode, plus you know Blaze loves any scene involving Max Rager that ruins people up, and we get Major essentially becoming the Flash. I and know like it's incredible. <laughs> Spreading across the the city and like I will not lie. Uh, I will not lie. I would live to the max if I could. Live to the max. <laughs> we just gotta stay away from that tainted utopium. That's the only thing. Um, yeah, because you literally become a superhero as soon as you just take one sip of Supermax. They just found a way to extract extract all of the super spider venom or something, or all of the <laughs> and just make it speed force or whatever. That's exactly, and that's why energy yeah. drinks taste so bad. <laughs> Seriously, that that's, that's why. That reminds me of uh, I don't think it's from either of these episodes, but the conversation that Rita and and Vaughn have when. They're taste testing the different ones, and like, and he's like, I forget what the one, the one flavor is like watermelon, and then no, the one, one was like bubble gum, and the other and then, was urine. Uh, yeah, it was yeah, it was it was called mm-hmm. he just, he just called it yellow, and then she said like, oh, why for urine? But then that ended up being the better tasting one. Uh, Except but, uh, tropical tropical Red Bull, I I will admit. Oh yeah, delicious. Yeah, I I. Don't, I, I I will admit, avoid the rock, the uh, revolt rock stars unless you really need that much caffeine because they are not that great tasting. I have tried all three of them. You're more likely to find them on your local college campus because apparently <laughs> we're all caffeine addicts. Uh, but yeah, I would avoid those and stick to something a little more mild, like maybe a Mountain Dew Kickstart, which tastes pleasant. <laughs> for the most part, except for the orange one that they sell at Taco Bell. That one kind of tastes like uh, really just carbonated orange juice, which isn't that great, to so, be honest. I hope Von Du Clark is taking notes. Uh, uh, well, he, he kind of really can't, but, you know, that's for another spoilers, discussion. Spoilers! Spoilers! <laughs> people, people might be watching this for the first time. Um, but, uh... But anyway, we're going to uh, go into our... Well, I'm art. saying so because he's a fictional character. Uh, got it, got it. Oh, no, I probably just spoiled something. Anyway, sorry, guys. Uh, Come on, Chris. Come on. It's, a, it's after midnight here on the East Coast. Sorry. Uh, 
you know, after after midnight, things just you know, things just come out. You just you say the things wrong just things. turn upside down. And that no, that's good. <laughs> That I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take your Stranger Things reference there. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna take the bait because we we have too many tangents in this episode already. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah. So anyway, episode twelve. Getting back to it here, we're gonna move on to season two, episode twelve, which is Physician Heal Thy Selfie. Um, Blaze, why don't you kick us off with what you thought was kind of the most interesting part? Um, of this episode, what, any aspect of it at all, whatever you want to talk about. Well, I think, so after getting to sort of talk about the last two episodes and everything, I think this is honestly the perfect follow-up to those because of the, honestly because of what the brain is circled around and um, it being technology and connection. Um. Mm-hmm. Because in the past two episodes, we see a lot of disconnection and sort of these all these sh- shakeups to the connections in the episode and, or in the, the in the episodes in the show and everything. And you know, we see Liv and Clive reconnect, and she deals with that and their disconnection. Um, we see Peyton, you know, we see Peyton think she connects with somebody but finds out it was fake and i think it's really interesting to focus an episode um on social media and the idea of like you know we sort of can have the ability to to either show like let people into our lives or to you know put up this facade um i think it was a very smart move that's probably i mean i just i really appreciate the the planning of this episode overall. Um, and I think even, and I mean, even looking back, like, you know, this, uh, I believe, isn't this, um, this is where now that Peyton is aware of who Blaine really is, um, you know, we even see Blaine trying to genuine, you know, we, he's genuinely trying to connect with Peyton and, you know, he, he obviously, has his selfish intentions and everything, but in this episode and onward, you know, he, he really doesn't need to be trying to, uh, like, woo her or anything or, like, get her on his side, I guess, in order to take down Boss. So even for his character, despite how much, you know, uh, how, like, evil he actually is and everything, it's really the first time that we see him try to connect with somebody um, so I don't know, I think that's sort of, I found that just very interesting with this episode. No, for sure, I, uh, I, I wholeheartedly agree, and, like, I like that you brought up, too, the idea of, like, Peyton hadn't, con- like, she thought she had connected with Blaine, and then as this episode, you know, she and Ravi really reconnect yeah. in a way we haven't seen them. Um, which is literally sort of, you know, the fantastic, fantastic hangover after hangover that Ravi has because Peyton Charles can drink anybody under the table, apparently, uh, which is but in, I a like, superpower. I, and I, I was, she is a meta human. <laughs> hey man, if, if Major's going to be the flash, you know, <laughs> then Barry can't get, Barry can't get drunk either. So, you know, they're all just taking different aspects from and do you and do you think honestly also I mean like on the rewatch I mean I hate to say it but it also is kind of like this is sort of like Robbie is sort of like a comfort rebound in a way or like 
a comfort zone for Peyton. I and going, I mean, going. I don't know. I just find it interesting, sort of, with the going with the couple of things in the future episode of the season and everything. Um, I, I don't, but I, I would, I think the word rebound there. No, I know. I, I, I want to lean more towards comfort. Like, I, you know, I think this episode clearly shows the the comfort zone and the natural. Um, I guess the natural like stability and ease like Robbie is able to to give Peyton yeah for sure and I think I I agree and I think that's why she like you know allows herself to you know to to drink with him and just kind of chat about things and um and kind of open up and like yeah I I love the like, like kind of like you were saying, like the ease with which they communicate um, is really is really good. And, and Rahul and, and Ali's chemistry, it's always great, but it's really great in, in the, the scenes they have in this episode. Whether that's that initial drinking scene or when Peyton finally moves out and they're kind of goodbye. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's really it's really great stuff. Um and then, uh, but yeah, but like you said too, it's fun to kind of have it in this episode where Liv is this like social media obsessed person now because of this brain, you know, she tweets out, you know, things like, uh, well, which takes the photo of, uh, of her and, uh, her and Peyton hashtag friendship goals, hashtag booty had me like what? And like things like that, uh, which are just like, you know, ridiculous and over the top but we you know we see more and more how important these you know friendships are or these new relationships you know such as the one between drake and and live which gets a lot more attention in this episode as well um sean what did you think about how you know episode uh episode 12 here how it explored the that live and drake uh dynamic uh taking a cue from my girlfriend uh she thinks this relationship is one of the the cutest ones ever uh <laughs> that was her reaction to this relationship starting off Hashtag i don't know so how cute. i don't know how she feels about it now i haven't had a chance to talk to her like in depth about it she's currently binging supergirl as we speak so that's nice. i'll get back to that eventually <laughs> uh she's binging up to the point where the Supergirl Flash episode happens, so that way I can watch it with her and just talk her ear off about the Flash. Nice, nice. <laughs> I told her she had to wait. <laughs> but it's definitely nice to see Liv in a relationship again, even though knowing what I already know, I know something's going to happen, and that fact, like, it's going to sort of be a very similar repeat with Lowell, where what if he eats a gay brain again? What if a gay brain gets eaten? He's just not going to be interested. <laughs> and she's going to be sad. Yeah. Or they're going to be the cutest friends of all time for 24, 48, or however long zombie brain infects your brain. 
Yeah, I well, what I like about this, right, is it initially starts off with, like, you know, with Liv being like, why isn't he on Facebook? Mm-hmm. Why isn't he on Twitter? And then Ravi, well, first we have, like, you know, we have Clive saying, I'm not on Facebook, but then we have the great line from Ravi saying, she's like, what, what kind of person doesn't use Twitter or Facebook? And he says, only a lunatic. How else would he disseminate inspirational quotes and latte art? Um, <laughs> um, true. True. Very true. Uh, but, uh, but no, but we have that. Then she finds out about his kind of criminal history. He opens up to that about her. And then she, she meets his mom in this episode, too, which is like a really sweet scene. Um, you know, kind of similar to what your girlfriend said, Sean. It is really cute. It's really... It's really, like, nice and old-fashioned in a way. And I like the idea that the, you know, Drake and Liv started off their relationship, you know, having sex. And then now they're kind of doing it backwards where it's like, all right, now I'm going to... And it's like, they're kind of taking all these big steps. And it's like, no, now I'm meeting your mom. And now I'm like, it's like, it's kind of a fun way to go about it. And, uh, And I really... I really think, like, again, I like the chemistry between the two of them. Uh, it works really, really well. Uh, and it's, uh, it, it's again, it's kind of fun, you know, even when she's at Drake's mom's, uh, you know, Drake's mom has the kind of comments to live about her complexion. But then, you know, they take the photo and she's like, oh, can you tag me in that? And just like the brain again kind of coming out in these fun and uh and interesting ways but but it's nice because she's since she's dating drake he understands it more because he goes through those you know through those brains as well um and and he he kind of gets it more in a way that major kind of never did uh and so it's, it's really nice to see them kind of grow closer together uh the one other thing i definitely just kind of wanted to mention um was that um, the the kind of confrontation between Blaine and uh, Stacy Boss in this episode too, uh, which we you know we've kind of we we know that Blaine has kind of been competing with Mister Bo- uh, with with Stacy Boss all season long. Stacy Boss at this point still doesn't really know it just yet, but I do like that we get more into their history in this episode. And that they do have like kind of like the the little face off um, at the uh, at at uh, at shady plots. Um, Blaze, what did you think of that scene and, and just kind of their whole you know again their history being explored in this episode? Um, yeah, I think I definitely think that uh, I think that's definitely a nice little like insertion and uh, like. I guess twist, I don't know. It's a nice reveal, I guess I would call it. Um, because, yeah, I like how it adds. Again, like, there's so much good, like, connection between these characters and the way that the season as a whole intertwines and everything. Um, so I think this is just another thing that's very... It's a pretty fun. Um, and I think also, at that moment, you know, I think that... It shows Mr. Like Stacy Boss is a smart guy. Um, yeah, and and I don't think he's ever fooled. Kind of throughout this episode, as soon I think as soon as he I think as soon as he sees Blaine, kind of and 
Um, kind of like checks him out a little bit more, I want to say. Um, he, For sure. He, he kind of is able to put it together. Um, but yeah, I think it's a fun interaction. Again, I, I love seeing the two characters kind of do a dance because I think also it's like this is one of the few people that Blaine truly is intimidated by. And although he is not, he, you know, Blaine isn't afraid to to challenge him. He's definitely still uh, nervous about it. Yeah, I, I even wrote in my notes like it's so strange to actually see mm-hmm. Blaine being be intimidated for once. Yes, yeah, exactly. Mister Boss is super intimidating, though. Well, like yeah, yeah, but you're also talking about the guy who's killed how many people? Well, and like, I, under, I understand. Uh, and how I'm many? Saying. And how many people has Stacy Boss killed? Yeah, but you, but it's also just the fact that Blaine had no fear in th- believing in himself and thinking that he could basically undermine Boss's operation, outsmart him, and basically take the throne away from him. And then as soon as this happens, you tell like he's not so sure about that. Yeah. No. Exactly. I. I, I I agree, and I also think it's like, like again, it's nice to see kind of Blaine get knocked down a peg. Well, it's it's not even it's not even so much that it's surprising that he's intimidated. I didn't mean it like that. I'm just saying it's just something we've never seen before, and so it's it's a new thing to see, and it also again further cements how much of a how much of a scary villainous dude Stacy Boss is. Yeah, like that's what I was gonna say. Like you're definitely also right, Sean, in that like. Bosses, yeah, he's because he's that eerie. He's he almost you know he gives off that calm, cool, and collected like eerie um, villain vibe because he's so calculated and he has such a lock on everything. So yeah, he is absolutely intimidating, and I just think it's great to see that um, that come through almost like almost as if it's like a simple way to to sh- to again just like display the power and the grip that he has as a character and. And I think it's it's that I just think that with everything going on, Blaine just the last thing Blaine expected to happen mm-hmm. was to be to actually have a run in because I do think Blaine is smart enough to know that the secrecy is is why he's able to pull this off or why he's so confident. And I think it's, sure. it spooks sure. it's just like spooks him out here because now he's no matter what he's on boss's radar he's back in his mind. And he knows that he didn't forget who he was. For sure. And also, one one other thing related to Blaine that I love in this episode is is that uh, <laughs> that Liv um, <laughs> Liv tells him to stop trying to make Team Z happen. Yeah. Uh, that made me that made me laugh a lot. Um, and then I, I do have to mention it's off topic, but it's one of my favorite. One of my favorite uh, one-liners from Bond comes in this episode, where he's talking about the different uh, trolls online, and the one, and he just goes, "I just love this guy's comprehensive knowledge of how turtle ass tastes," and I'm just like, <laughs> "Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm glad you touched on that because I almost like, I when we first got into the episode, I wanted to talk about how much I love the, the little side plot and almost that like, <laughs> I think it's so great with how." Uh, how I guess maybe how uh, the little frustration that uh, that Vaughn and uh, 
and the reader are dealing with like major and everything and him doing that that it's just like this is such an easy way for them to feel satisfied about like killing somebody well and similar to how you know and and sean i think you'd agree with us here similar to how we see stacy boss kind of you know, showing, hey, this is my world, you're just living in it. This is Vaughn's way of doing, <laughs> exactly. that, to Ma- of doing that to Major. You know? Yeah. Like, like, you lied to me once. Like, and because you lied to me, now innocent people are going to die until you make it right. Which seems like a ridiculous escalation of things because of quote-unquote nasty tweets. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, that's giving giving way to my favorite Von Du Clark nickname, Von Douche Clark. <laughs> very true. Oh, very true. Oh, Von, literally one of the best TV characters ever. I oh, he's so good. Um, but yeah, I I do just like though that we get that confrontation and that he kind of sets Major. Major is still able to keep, you know. Uh, with with the DA, he's still able to you know keep his uh, keep his cover going that he's killing these guys. But I, I I like you know I like the fact that we got we got some conflict there. That not everything's always going to be bright and sunny and happy at the Max Rager office, um, and that Vaughn is willing to take that step to prove, hey Major, you better you better do what I tell you. No matter no matter how many times we hang out in the gym and drink Max, <laughs> and drink Max Rager together, yeah. But but uh, all right then, guys. Well, let's uh, let's move on to our fourth and final episode discussion here, which is episode thirteen, the Whopper. Uh, this uh, episode, it's it's I took a, you take a notice to it because it's written by Rob Thomas doesn't write like yeah, obviously he's one of the co-showrunners but he doesn't write a ton of the episodes every year he'll write you know a couple mainly the premieres and the and the finales um so he wrote this one and again i've said it before about certain episodes but it's just got his kind of stamp all over it um and it also has one of my one of the most like crazy endings to any iZombie episode ever, but also one of my favorite ones. I actually put it on my list uh, last year of top moments, which is with one, one Day More playing um, uh, with with the whole Blaine scene, and then when they find the tainted utopium. Uh, so, Sean, let me let me start with you this time. What, what are your kind of overall thoughts on this episode? Um... Trying to remember the episode. That that's why. Oh, I also good. had someone just message me about me using the term "double double" in our recent tweet, and they're Canadians, and they're like, "Double double's how we uh, order a coffee with two creams and two sugars." And I'm like, "Oh, I was making a reference to a burger from <laughs> In and Out." Also, to the fact that it's a double double episode. <laughs> very, very, very true. Um... All, all good, man. If you need, if you need a minute, I can keep talking about it. So. Yeah, please do, please do. Yeah, no problem. So, um, this episode, Liv gets the eats the brain of a pathological liar, and which leads to a lot of funny 
you know, exaggerations from her. You know, she says she won the lottery or almost won the lottery, you know, tells Clive stories about her, her bartending days, which literally sounds exactly like the plot from Coyote Ugly. Uh, <laughs> and, um, and then, you know, the main conflicts here are, again, it's, it's, you know, um, it's it's uh Blaine actually not well it's well Blaine is trying to get the money that he believes he deserves from his dad, um and he kind of brings uh he f- is able to find his dad with because of Major, who uh, Donnie and wow why can I not remember the big zombie's name? Uh, uh Chief. Thank you, Chief. I was like, I, I know it's one syllable, um, and Chief bring to him as like a uh, as a nice like surprise. And so we get that storyline. We get Liv is more you know tied into everything involving Drake and the Tainted Utopium, and then we uh, and so and then so those are our kind of like two major storylines of the episode, and it leads to both of them kind of crescendo together in that musical ending where Blaine, you know, plays the prank on his dad, which I mean, still... incredible. Exactly. It's, it's one of my best, favorite <laughs> best moment of the episode right there. Oh yeah. And it's one of my favorite David Anders moments on the show, period. He's just so funny <laughs> and so like maniacal in that. And then we get to, we get the, uh, we get Ravi, uh, Major, and Liv finding the Tainted Utopium after Liv visits uh, the uh, one of Boss's guys, uh, one of Boss's men's house, the one who was killed. And she's able to have a vision that triggers uh, where his body was buried. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this is, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun, this episode. Uh, again, because of the pathological liar, pathological liar, I can talk. Pathological yeah, liar. Parts. Fast. Yeah, right. Uh, and also, uh, but it's also got a lot of, you know, again, a lot of depth to it, especially when, you know, we find out with Blaine, you know, as great as that scene is and as funny as that scene is, you know, we find out why he's so upset that, uh, you know, that the, uh, the kind of the maid and nanny got the, um, all the money because she treated him like crap and his dad never cared. And so there again, um, you know, we get that added depth to Blaine. You know, he's not just cracking wise and killing people. He's He's got that, you know, darkness inside to him. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think, you know, it's really nice that we get to see just this background on Blaine, because while it doesn't justify anything that he's done in the show, it at least is nice to to make these characters, you know, complex and fill us in. Um, Because it just, I think that is really what makes a show so great at points. And, um, And how you really do continue to just build up these characters. Like, what's... I think it's so much fun, because throughout season one and two and everything, like, you know, everybody... All of the actors and the cast and everything do just such a great job with their with their acting skills and their personalities to really bring these characters to life. But season two really begins to sort of 
shed more light on them and dig down into the deeper stuff. And uh, I just like really appreciate that out of this episode. For sure. Uh, Sean, did you have anything you wanted to bring up about it specifically? Mm, not just, no, not really. I mean, my whole thing was that whole uh, the whole pathological liar thing kind of got her into some deep water, especially uh, the lot of taking like, oh, then why did I shred it up? <laughs> Like, come on. Shock. That was not viable. Yeah. No, I definitely get that. Yeah. 100% not viable when she was... A lot of them <laughs> just seemed a little out of place. <laughs> like with the lies. But... That and the whole Blaine prank on his dad were really my highlights of the episode. Mm-hmm. Not much else to say about them. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, for sure. I think, to the other thing I want to bring up um, is... Um, sorry, real quick. Like, we're obviously live recording this, but uh, did you guys just have... I just had, like, an issue with the sound. I cut, You cut out there for a second, Sean, so I don't... I'm afraid I'm gonna like repeat something you said, uh, but I just thing... mentioned the lying and and Blaine's dad. Got it. Okay. The the one other thing I wanted to um, mention is the which I think is a kind of interesting moment is that Clive actually mentions Taravi in this episode about Liv taking on the personalities of the murder victims. And he thinks it's, like, some type of trick that helps her get into, like, her psychic mind frame or something. Um, but it's also, I think, like, an interesting an interesting kind of uh, scene to put in this episode. Because, one, it shows, again, that Clive's not oblivious to what's exactly is going on. And, two, kind of possibly hints that, hey, he might find out about this stuff kind of soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think it's a nice little teaser. Um Because, yeah, I mean, like, Clive, I think, again, like, what they do nicely with Clive's character is, you know, they don't make him a dumb guy. And, uh, and it's, you have to think from his perspective and this world and everything, like, he shouldn't, like, you would never expect him to to guess or suspect, like, what, that Liv is actually a zombie, you know, that just seems so preposterous. But, yeah, I mean, he definitely, we've talked about it in the past, he definitely has just sort of like rolled with this because it's worked out well for him. Um, and he's, I think it's just like, you know, he's, he's been willing to sort of like let it slide and never question it. But I feel like this is so like, I'm a more unique one where, yeah, he kind of is like, he starts getting a little confused and I guess like, uh, investigative. Uh, And I I think it's because it's the liar brain too. And he's like, he can tell, like, eh, something really isn't right here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but no, for sure. I think that's, like, a fun a fun little moment. And then, I mean, I could gush. I, I won't because uh, this is, you know, again, the fourth episode of our conversation here. I could gush for minutes upon minutes about, again, how much just I love the end of this episode and how, I don't know, to me it's still, like, one of the best music 
inspired moments on iZombie. They've had a lot of great ones. I think back to, you know, Major's, uh, you know, Major's kind of uh, killing of, uh, like, kind of his just taking down all the zombies at the meet-cute in the season one finale, or Ravi and Blaine fighting over the cure to the cure. Um, and this is just another one with one day more. And then how it ends with the freeze frame and then Finn, uh, which I think is just really just a nice kind of wonderful wacky touch that Rob Thomas and company put on the episode. I, I, I love it to death. And then I, I also really like the um, how Ravi's listening to the Dark Side podcast. <laughs> At the, at the beginning of the episode when they're looking at things, and it's like, I forget exactly how the question's asked, but it's like, Kylo Ren, is he the next great villain or just an emo kid? Just like, <laughs> an emo Darth Vader. It, yeah, and this was a, it was a lot of fun, especially because when I'm looking back here, this came out, you know, two months after Force Awakens, and uh, with all the other... Star Wars references in iZombie, you know, and with so much focus being on New Hope, too, in this episode. I like that we got a little Force Awakens uh, <laughs> shout-out. Um, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, do any of you guys have anything else you want to add? Um, Is this the... I'm trying to remember correctly. Is this with Major in this episode? Um what happens with Major in this episode? Does he? This is when he I don't. I just over. want to make sure I don't. No, no, he gets brought over to Blaine's to to Shady Plots by yeah. Uh, and then he also we get there's a photo that's captured of uh that's kind that it's not a, exactly a clear photo, but he is captured in a photo with Blaine at Shady Plots. Yes, and, I thought and, okay, and, that's. That's yep, what I thought that this episode was. Uh, I just wanted to make sure that I had that correct. Yeah, and then Blaine also is like, you're going to start killing or taking out the zombies that I want you to take out now. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he's trying to get him to betray Vaughn. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot. This is These two episodes, um, I, I love both The Whopper and Physician Heal Thyself. I think they're fantastic episodes. But I'm even I'm looking back at my original reviews of them, and I even wrote that like they're two of the best, but also two of the busiest episodes of the season. Mm-hmm. Like there's just so much going on. Um, it's a lot to it's a lot to remember and a lot to take in. But this is this is the point in the season where I think the show does a really good job of starting to kind of connect all the the separate storylines. Yeah. Uh, no, and I definitely yeah. agree with you. But yeah, I definitely wanted to just touch on Major because again, like. Rewatching, you know, you really feel for Major, because um, he just he really gets roped into he re- gets roped in over his head, and he has such good intention of why he's doing everything, but he's just so isolated. And now for him to be get connected to Blaine and everything, and yeah, you know the it's already um, because in the beginning, I know I remember obviously in the beginning of this episode, that's where. Uh, Clive brings up meet cute again to major like they have their uh, one-on-one and, yeah and you know and it's and in a way major you know that was one of the first um, situations with another character where major I think was like really let down kind of you know because he I think he with everything that happened with him and Julian and trying to like prove himself and uh, 
like you know i feel like he definitely was let down that clive just basically like because he drops the line in here you know like hey you're the one that told me to like check myself into a mental hospital that's right and uh and and yeah and you know this episode major kind of like gives it back to clive because he's basically like hey man like f you you know like now you want to give me a chance here or now like you want to further explore this yeah, because he brings he brings up Mister uh, Mister Ju- uh, Julian De- DeWeed yes. and Blaine De Beers, which we found out about in uh, one of the pre and one of the previous episodes. Yeah, but it's... yeah, and and I mean, obviously, it, it then it, it things become ten times worse when, like you said, they uh, they do snap the picture of Major at shady plots and everything. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just again, it's just like you really feel for major in this season and this situation specifically, because of course it would be the worst timing for him to kind of like shrug Clive off. Yeah. Because it only, because now it only gives Clive more reason to doubt major. Um, but exactly. But yeah, again, it's just like a very interesting dynamic and his characters has so much going on at once. Um, because yeah, now it's, now it's he's he's dealing with not only like one killer and powerful person, but he's dealing with uh, a more like ruthless and kind of like like Vaughn is is more like crazy and uh, like Vaughn's like a loose cannon, but but whereas like Blaine is just sort of downright evil, and uh, and of course like both of these people, um, they they have so they know so much about major that they can hold over his head and everything um but it's just it's an, another interest i think a very another very interesting twist to major's storyline it definitely and without giving anything away it's it kind of sets the stage for what ends up happening to him mm-hmm. later the season um because he's still in clive clive sites and now with Bazio being brought in as well mm-hmm. um he's even he's even more of a person of interest than before yeah, but uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, again, these episodes are busy. They're jam packed, but there's a lot of a lot of good stuff to be found uh, throughout them, and we uh, we've enjoyed talking about all four of them, guys. Uh, but that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up for us uh, with this discussion of the Whopper. That is going to be the last bit of talking we do during this episode of Eye Zombie Radio. Um, Thank you guys so much for for listening for uh, for sticking with us through this uh, this super mega episode this double double episode whichever terminology you prefer Hooray. and uh, yeah and I I've actually I've really enjoyed it I'm I'm quite tired uh, which Blaze I can't even imagine how tired you are I'm with hanging all honestly stuff right now <laughs> and today That's was good. my like longer day of the week but yeah I don't uh, know. now I get to go write coverage on. A rejected script. <laughs> oh, uh, what fun. fun. I gotta well, figure out which of the two sitcom scripts I gotta look at. Well, before we let you do that, Sean, why don't you tell the good people at home where they can find you? You can find me pretty much anywhere on the internet at Sparky <laughs> Sean. I think. Okay. Sounds about right. Um... <laughs> Tweeting, I, tweeting, tweeting, uh, tweeting hashtag coasters. Uh, either that or hashtag buckets, whichever one I decide. And <laughs> for those of you who are in that circle, 
who know what the buckets mean. Good, good on you. Good on you for expanding your horizons beyond that. Um, I host another podcast, the Geekishly Tony podcast. I haven't recorded an episode in a while, but it's on my Twitter page. So you can go listen to those episodes. Might be recording one soon, depending on when life decides to stop throwing hardballs at me. Nice. And then I am the pop culture editor over the Marvel Report. Guardians of the Galaxy comes back this week in terms of the animated show, so my reviews will eventually be there. Again, all depending on when life decides to you know, normalize again. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, everyone be on the lookout for those Guardians of the Galaxy reviews for sure, and for a new episode uh, of the Geekishly Toku podcast. It's good stuff. Blaze, how about yourself, man? What are you up to? You can always find me on Twitter, at Blaze Hopkins. Uh, similarly, I've been pretty dormant lately. Um, like I said, restaurant has sort of taken over my life. Um, but I'm still trying to pump out reviews. I've missed a couple, but I uh, got Supergirl out the day today where, that we were recording. And uh, I'm looking forward to kind of getting a grasp on my schedule and keeping that going. So, um you can watch out there. Look out for my reviews coming out at tvovermind.com. And uh, hopefully I'll be back doing things for the Marvel Report um, more often pretty soon. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at cpinger13. Uh, no real reviews for me this week because most of the shows I cover are are off this week. But, uh you can find my reviews on TV over mind. I cover Arrow, Supergirl, New Girl, and Homeland. And then I'll be reviewing iZombie once it returns in April. April's a jam-packed month of TV, and I cannot wait. We got iZombie, Fargo, The Leftovers, Better Call Saul. I'm just – I'm so excited. And uh, – but yeah, guys, uh, that's going to do it for us. Make sure, if you're not already, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, at iZombie Radio. Give us a like. Give us a review. Give us a cyber hug, a virtual hug. We'll take it all. And uh, you know what? Also, if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed to us on iTunes or on Stitcher or on any of those good places. Or you could just follow the main DCTV podcast feed. That way you get everything uh, from... Us on iZombie Radio, Two Supergirl Radio, Flash Podcast, all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoy uh, this extended episode, and we'll be back next week with more awesome iZombie stuff. Goodbye. <laughs>